You're listening to the Thrive Works webcast, where you hear facts, not fluff. Introducing your host, Dr. Anthony Centaur. Hello, this is Dr. Anthony Centaur, and today we are meeting with Kathleen Leroy. Kathleen is a licensed professional counselor out of Colorado. Uh, she has over 20 years experience in the mental health field, and she helps clients with a range of uh, life issues, including stress, anxiety, grief and bereavement, self-care, and of course, relationships. And that's a bit of what we're going to be talking about today because the topic is codependency. So without further ado, Kathleen, thank you for joining our humble webcast this morning. Absolutely. Thank you, Anthony. It's great to be here. So our first question, let's dive right in. Let's start from, you know, let's start from the beginning. What is codependency and how does it differ perhaps from a typical dependent personality disorder? Okay. It's a good place to start. So codependency is a, a type of relationship where two people are very dependent on one another. Usually there's one person that has um, some sort of mental illness or addiction or some severe um, dependency going on and they're in relationship with someone else who is enabling them and who is supporting them and is losing themselves in the relationship. So not really able to be who they are, do what they want to do because they're so focused on the other person and enabling whatever's going on for that person. Um, the dependent personality disorder is, it's more focused on an individual. So the individual is um, a dependent um, in ways where they really just can't function in the world without somebody taking care of them. They usually have very few relationships and it's a, um, where they're not really able to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the difference. It's, you know, two people in a relationship is codependency and dependency personality disorder is someone that's, uh, you know, displaying this dependency. And they usually are in relationships with people that are codependent. All right. Now, use the example of an enabler, someone with an addiction. But as, as we both know, codependency often shows up without something like that in the relationship. Can you give our viewers or our listeners sort of an example of, of how codependency can creep its way into a relationship, even when there isn't uh, an, an addiction present? Sure. So um, in codependency shows up in relationships when um, we, we really stop doing what we want to do because we're so concerned about what the other person might think or how they might react. We become threatened in the relationship when someone is uh, going out, making new friends, um, taking on new work, um, you know, exploring a passion, a hobby. And in the relationship, we uh, tend to become, we're threatened. So we do things, we manipulate, we try to find ways to keep the relationship um more focused on us. Yes, that's the sick, twisted dynamic I was looking for. Exactly. Yeah, it's the relationship where the person is threatened uh, if the other partner has a hobby, if the other partner has friends, if the other partner has anything outside of the relationship, right? 
Um, you had spoken before, and I was just fascinated by it. You talked about an, what an open system relationship and a closed system relationship. Is that what that is about? Yes, that's exactly what, what happens. It's so two people are relying basically on each other for all their needs, all their emotional, physical, spiritual, financial needs in there. And it's a closed system. And in an open system, um, we're in relationship with one another, but we're also um, have relationships outside of the um the coupleship and we're getting support from other places and we bring, we get energy from that support. And then we bring that energy back into the system, into the relationship system. When it's just the two uh, focusing on one another, then the, um, the energy gets depleted. And so individuals in a codependent relationship often talk about being exhausted and, um, there's just no energy coming into the system and it breaks down. Yeah, I see that. So one person, each each person is looking to the other to charge their batteries. But really, if they're not being energized from someone else, I need you to energize me. You need me to energize you when we're both on empty. That's the problem, exactly, right? Exactly. We're not getting what we need outside. We're not, you know, filling up our tank outside. So we're, we're on empty. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, some people might be listening and might say, wait a second, in relationships, you're supposed to rely on your spouse or your partner. Uh, you, you should be able to depend on them. How can we differentiate sort of a, a healthy dependence or interdependence from an, an unhealthy codependence? That's a great question. Um, so a, uh, a healthy dependence is going to be somewhere... Some um, we're able to support one another, but we're not um, providing everything. We're not um, filling all of the needs. Mm -hmm. And it is balance, really balance is the, is the key word. It's, you know, we, we want to support one another, but we're getting support from outside systems, outside people. Um, and it's, a, it's all about balance. It's not one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, how does how does someone get into something like this? I mean, how how does one get into a to codependent relationship? Do they bring it with them into the relationship, or is it something the relationship creates? No, well, probably it's both, but we oh. definitely bring it in. We definitely bring, bring it in. in because what happens is we uh, normally, uh, I like to say, it's almost like we're addicted to being needed. So we have this, this, um, our self-worth comes from, um, somebody needing us. And when we're in a codependent relationship, the other person is so dependent on us, um, for all of their self-worth for, for all of their support. And that somehow makes us feel good. Like we're needed. Um, and as opposed to our self-worth, you know, coming from, our own, our own self, our own um, systems, our own, you know, people, other relationships, our own mm -hmm. spirituality, things like that. Um, so if we do bring that in and, and I, it's really kind of a self-esteem, you know, the core of it is a self-esteem issue. And so wherever our self-esteem is, when we come into the relationship, a lot of times we'll, that's what will happen if, it, if we have a low self-esteem and our self-worth needs to come from helping somebody else, supporting somebody else then we will um, end up in a codependent relationship. Now, while we're in the relationship, it, the codependency can, our self-esteem can decrease. 
Um, so mm-hmm. sometimes people might find that when they're not in relationship, they have, you know, they're a little bit more grounded and more in their own life. And when they get into relationship, their self-esteem kind of gets lower and lower and lower in a, in a codependent relationship. Okay, so it's a both and. They bring it in with them for sure, but then the relationship can exacerbate it. Yes. Yeah, I've yeah. heard before the um, like the, the motto of the codependent is, I need you and I need you to need me. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. We're, for some people, it's uh, they see they they some people are listening to this and they're they're probably thinking, wow, that is exactly me. I get into relationships and and I feel exactly that way. And other people are saying, how on earth are people bringing this type of baggage into a relationship? So, it, you're saying that people get energized from outside the relationship, but you also mentioned that. They're sort of, they have self-charging batteries, right? They don't need anyone to say that they need them. They don't need anyone to say they're worthwhile. It's just sort of built into them. They know they're valuable. They know they have, they have confidence. They have self-esteem. They bring these things wherever they go. If you're working with a client and they don't have that, how do you, how do they get that, right? If they're, if they're on zero, uh, how, how do they break this tendency in themselves? Well, um, there's a couple of things initially. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it can be a piece of work that takes time, but being with a, first of all, being with a good therapist, a good guide, a good mentor, um, people in their lives that reflect their self-worth mm-hmm. and they notice, you know, they, they see the things, they see the value in the person and they're able to reflect that and to, um, you know, give that back to the person. And then the other thing is very basic um, learning self-care. So if we take care of ourselves, it helps us to feel good about ourselves. It's like it's a self-esteem builder. So it's, and it's as simple as, you know, are we getting what we need moment to moment during the day? You know, do we need to go out for a walk? Do we need to make a phone call and talk to a friend? Do we need to eat well? Do we need to get better sleep? You know, all of those self-care things. Do we need to take a bath or, you know, go out and um, uh, try a new hobby so that we feel good about ourselves and we accomplish something? Um, So those are the things that if we do those for ourselves, Mm -hmm. not for somebody else, because we're really good at doing it for somebody else. But if we can do it for ourselves, then it builds our self-esteem. Well, those are exactly the things that when someone is in a codependent relationship, those are all threats, right? Like those are the hobbies. Like if someone is taking care of themselves, spending time focusing on themselves, doing self-care, that is a threat to the partner because they see the person being more independent. They don't need me and they need you to need me. I don't know if I said that right, but, you know, they have that need to be needed. So whenever someone, even if it's not a hobby, even if it's not getting social, even just saying, oh, I can, I can use some alone time. I've, I've had codependent clients who are like, alone time? That's the scariest thing ever. Why does my partner want alone time? So I guess to, to, to kind of edge into the next question, when you're working in a codependent relationship, does it ever get fixed? Like, can the relationship be fixed? Or is this like... Look, you're you're too far gone. It's too sick. We need to break this relationship up. You guys need to do independent uh, work on yourselves before you're healthy enough to get back into a relationship. Which is it? 
Yeah, just what 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 do I do with Kathleen? Well, it's it's not it's not all or nothing. Sometimes sometimes relationships need to end. Yes, not always. Sometimes relationships need um, both people can work on on their on their issues and work on it. Um, uh, and the relationship can have boundaries. Um, a therapist can help um, the couple create the proper boundaries, the right boundaries that can help the, um, you know, individuals get what they need. And, you know, in a relationship um, and, you know, there needs to be reassurance. So if one individual is ready to do more self-care and ready to step out, yes, that's going to feel very threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but that person can help reassure the other person. So there's ways to communicate what is, you know, communicate the new boundary, communicate the new self-care, communicate and with reassurance so that the other person, um, you know, has a chance to uh, um, be able to, you know, explore maybe their own self-care and they have some reassurance there. Um, in some cases, couples need to take breaks, you know, maybe take a three to six month break and go away and do some of this self-care and learn about boundaries and, build self-worth and then they can come back together and the dynamic is not as strong and maybe it can be worked, worked with. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that as, as probably the biggest challenge in working with, with codependent couples that each of the two individuals in the relationship are in different places. One is in a place where he or she realizes they need to change. This is unhealthy. I need to, to, to be less codependent myself and the other partner is a few steps from there, right? Like the steps to change are, uh, I'm not aware I have a problem. I'm aware I have a problem, but I'm not ready to change. I'm aware I have a problem and I know I need to change, but I don't know when. I'm aware I have a problem. I know I need to change and I'm going to do it at some planned time in the next, you know, 60 days. And then I'm ready to change. They're about four steps apart. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, I mean, is is do you need to bring partner two up to where partner one is? Well, I mean, we all have choices about that. Um, We all have the same resources. You know, we have, in terms of, we have choices about going out and getting help and getting Mm -hmm. support. Sometimes we're not ready. Um, And, you know, there's no judgment about that. Um, You know, and sometimes there might be an addiction or there might be um, some sort of, uh, you know, mental illness or, something that someone is really struggling with and it is going to take a lot of work. And, um, in those cases, uh, yes, ideally, you know, the couple is moving along, but somebody can even, um, that's ready to stop the codependent behavior. They can continue to be in the relationship. Um, it's, it's challenging. It's very, but they can, you know, they can continue to keep the focus on themselves and detach with love. Yeah, um, we don't. Some we don't have to amputate everybody. We can detach with love, but it's very challenging um, to 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 watch your partner still not um, you know be ready to make mm-hmm. those choices. Yeah, and there's uh, you know, one thing I notice in in working with clients in this situation. There's so much guilt on behalf of the person who wants to get better because the person who's still codependent doesn't know they need to change or isn't ready, um, they're in a lot of pain, 
right? They've been relying on someone really to fill their 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 batteries, to to reinforce them, to give them self esteem, and it hasn't been healthy, but it's been basically their their addiction, or it's been what has kept them going. And now having that person uh, be more independent, have healthy boundaries, is really scary and really threatening. And very painful for the codependent to have the other person get healthier. Uh, you, you mentioned boundaries. Of course, there's the the very well-known book by uh, John Cloud and, and Henry Townsend. Nope, Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Um, and I think that book is is probably like, you know, it's like the most terrifying book in the world to the codependent, right? It's it's like this is the, the hardest, scariest thing that, that you can come up against is healthy boundaries because because uh, because they 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 don't have those boundaries because that's how they get their batteries charged right right yeah and it feels like being in you know on another planet frankly you know it's like where did this come from and how is this you know uh the boundary just feels so terrifying and yeah. um and we feel like we're being basically we feel like we're being abandoned yeah. Uh, we feel like it feels like life or death, you know, because we've never had boundaries. You know, the codependent has never had boundaries and they, they weren't taught boundaries. And so it's it just feels like a completely different. Yeah. It's like being on another planet. And it's like, can I survive this or is it? And, and usually in childhood, there were um, times that uh, it, it really it was like life or death or the child couldn't take care of themselves. So it felt like, you know, it was going to be, you know, the, to, to, you know, we had to enmesh with other people, enable with other, en enable people, um, be in these codependent relationships to survive and to grow up. Mm -hmm. So when somebody tries to do it, when we're an adult, it's, it, it, you know, we kind of, we kind of regress back to those childhood feelings. Yeah. You, I mean, you bring up childhood, and I know as, as uh, psychotherapists, we love to blame mom for everything. But this is actually something we can blame mom for, right? Like, this is like definitively screwed up, uh, not enough love in your life as you were younger. Is that right? Can we blame mom for this one? Well, we can blame our, we can blame our primary caretakers. Yes, yes. I okay, mean, so we blame mom and dad. Yeah, mom and dad. <laughs> There were things, you know, that probably happened where we were not getting, um, depending, no matter which side of the codependent relationship we're on, either we weren't getting enough support or we weren't um, taught boundaries, we weren't taught um, how to, uh, we weren't taught, taught self-worth. A lot of times we were, it was, usually there was a very critical parent involved mm -hmm. um, and we're adults now. So we can say that, you know, um, we can blame our parents for what happened and sure they, they did um, screw us up, but we're adults now and we have to take responsibility for our, for our actions, our behaviors, um, how we're going to relate to people. And so, you know, we have to learn how to take care of ourselves and set boundaries and stay and in, in be in healthy relationships and still care about people and still be connected to people because we don't want to be completely independent where we're not in relationship at all. Um, yeah. We want to be able to have, you know, get the support and love and give the support and love that we want. Got it. So once you're aware of it, you can't blame mom anymore is basically the, basically it's mom's fault 
until you realize there's a problem and then it's your responsibility to fix it. So sort of there's a statute of limitations on blaming mom and dad. Uh, yeah, uh, it won't happen overnight though. So no. yeah, it's true. I mean, but it takes, it's grief, it's grief work. It's really um, working through anger and disappointment and grief that we didn't get what we needed when we were younger because yeah, we, because we have human parents and uh, who made mistakes. But, and after we do some of that grief work, we can begin to really, you know, take our, take, yeah, you're right. It's a statue of limitations. <laughs> Eventually we have to, we have to own up and, and suit up. I know you, you're, you're right too. Cause you said, look, it, it takes time. It's grief work. It's bereavement work. If we have, I'm, I'm sure we'll have some people watching or listening who are saying, okay, that's me. I know I have this. Um, how and, and they're saying, I don't know if I can ever be confident. I don't know if I'll ever if I'll ever be out of this. Uh, how long does it take for someone to be cured of this, for lack of a better term? Well, it depends on how severe it is, um, but it's it's a slow process. It takes one day at a time and it can take, um, you know, it can take. It can take a couple years. It can take time. You know, it's just like, let think of, you know, when somebody, when we lose somebody in our life to death, Okay. it can take, it can take a handful of years to really work through that grief. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it's, again, it's, it's grieving, it's building self-esteem and that, that stuff takes time, but it's, it's progress. Um, and, we we make a little bit of progress and sometimes we take a step back and then we make a little bit more um but it's worth it it's totally worth the work because we want we want ourselves we want to be who we are intended to be and to be able to give to other people um who we are and um so it's worth it but it can take it just depends on the severity of it and and sometimes it's lifetime work it's something that we just have to go back to the basics of every day and you know remember to take care of ourselves okay kathleen i want to thank you for uh carving out some time today how can uh our listeners or watchers get a hold of you well they can call thriveworks um and you can call 720-358-3864 that's 720-358-3864 um, or you can reach me, my email, Kathleen L at thriveworks.com. Right. And this is uh, Thriveworks in Denver, this location, right? Yes. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anthony. Bye. Well, I guess the only thing is that um, there is all relationships have some degree of codependency. And that's, you know, it, it some of it's, and it can be much, really severe and, but it's okay. You know, we just, we do the best that we can and we have ways to get help and to get better. And, but this is something that, that can happen easily. And, um, but you know, a good, a good therapist, a good support system can help.